Welcome to the Fitness in Color podcast, where we follow and highlight the experiences of people of color in the wellness and fitness industry, telling their stories in their own words. Once you release that financial burden for some of these geniuses from low-income families, once you release that financial burden from, from some of these extremely intelligent minds, brother, we got so much more that they will be able to pour into this country. You know, we got people who are judges at almost 90 years old, and I'm not talking about Supreme Court. I'm talking about local judges that 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 probably should have retired by now. And <laughs> so, man, once we get a scholarship, these guys and create these new judges, create these new police chiefs, create these new DAs, man, we usher in a brand new America, one of love. love. Well, Coach Demetrius, welcome to the Fitness and Color Show. It's a pleasure to have you both. I'd love to talk about the 223 Foundation and the work that you guys are doing and the race that's coming up. And I know that sport has been a big thing. Demetrius, you obviously, Coach Vaughn, you are a football coach. And then and also in Ahmad's life, I have an understanding that football and then running had, had a major uh, kind of um, part of his life. So I'd like to start with where you are today, each of you, what are you doing and how, what are you doing with the 223 Foundation? Tell you a little bit about us, man. Uh, you know, it all started back last February, obviously, uh, with the tragedy of Ahmad. It was, it was a huge, you know, big stump on this, on this city, man, on, the, on everybody in this group. It was hurtful. It was, a, it was a huge tragedy. You know, we just wanted to push as much as we can to create justice for Ahmad. And that was our goal. That was our ultimate goal. That was our main focus. And it still is at this time. And to be very brief, while pushing for justice, we we we, we asked ourselves, you know, what can we do not only to, you know, help get justice, but also prevent this from happening to the family man, another child, another a brother, sister, you know, uncle. You know, we, we don't want this to happen ever again. So we were like, you know, we we you know we have the ability to you know create change in our community. So we we felt that it was important to do that. And um, two two three came about, man. Um, it, it started with our own mod. As as we, you know, many people know, it started with our own mod. And from day one, man, um, you know, it was Coach Vaughn and and John on live. You know, they knew something was wrong with with, with what was going on with the mod. Just just Coach Vaughn knowing who he was, you know, the guys in the community, uh, players, mates, families, they just knew who he was as a person, and that um, the things that they were saying. As far as Glen County Police Department about this case, it wasn't true. And Coach Vaughn and and and, and John did a live man, and and I think that was what you know sparked a lot of things going on right now and got us to this point today. And um, those guys, man, they spoke up. You know, it, it took Coach Vaughn putting um himself on the line, his reputation with the school board. You know, John, many people probably didn't like what he was doing. They felt that he was an outsider. Mind you, he's from this town, man. He he was he's a big role model from in this town and from this town, so. Those are guys we look up to. So when they're saying something, it kind of sticks to people. And I think that was really a big time, you know, at that point. You know, we took the initiative um, as a group, you know, to create Our Own Amar. It was it was in a memorial page. It was just us trying to get the notice that Amar needed for this case, man, to get justice, to get those folks behind bars. And it took off from there. You know, I, I, I don't want to say too much as 
far as detail, I want to let Coach Vaughn explain the details. But, uh, man, it was a major movement. You know, we went from nobodies to, you know, having 90,000 followers, man, and, 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 and having a huge platform to where people could follow us and understand what was going on in Russia, Georgia. It did not matter to anybody here as far as the Glen County Police Department at the time. They were busy trying to sweep this under the rug. You know, Ahmad being a close person to me, man, a family member of mine who I've grown up with all my life, you know, I knew I would, I had to do anything I could possibly to make sure, you know, justice was brought, you know, brought forward. And uh, we're still on that fight, obviously. But, you know, it started with myself and a few, my, Coach Ron, John, and a few other co-founders, man. And we told ourselves, like, hey, what can we do? So we, we created action items. We were attacking the, 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 the district attorney here commissioners, any public official we could get our hands on, we knew we had to attack them to make them do the right thing and speak up about what was going on. And uh, we didn't only do that here. We went to when the district attorney in Wake Cross picked up the case, we went to him. When he went to Hinesville, we went to him as well. We we knew we weren't going to stop, and they knew we were on their necks. Like, we, we told ourselves we want to keep our foot on their necks, you know, not only for Absolutely. this community, but for Ahmad. We did not want this to happen again. And uh, we just knew the person he was. We knew the heart he had, we just knew that things that were being said wasn't true. And, um, man, we started running. Like, bro, we started running. Chris, I can tell you a little more about it as far as the, the 223. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal. The 2.23. Yep. Uh, a good friend of Coach Vaughn, man, um, came up with the idea. He's a runner. With us running 2.23 miles, you know, Coach Vaughn brought it back to the group. Yep. And we took off, bro. It went global. You know, it, it was... Yep. We did not, I would tell you honestly, we were so focused on getting justice for Martin, we still are, but we did not think it would become that big, you know, that the world would kind mm -hmm. of follow what we're doing, bro, and, and really latch on. And I think, you know, we, we did with many cases last year, like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and many other people, tragedies that happened. But like Amar was like, Amar's case was the catalyst for all, you know, for the change that's been happening. It definitely and as well as just, just things being brought forth that people mm -hmm getting out of that uncomfortable state they're in and actually speaking up. But I'm going to let Coach Warren take over and kind of tell you more sort of the back end and be more detailed about it, man. He can give you a, a different aspect of it as well. Man, first of all, you know, 223, the 223 Foundation, first of all, we got to send a big shout out to the running community. Absolutely. Man, we appreciate y'all platform. We appreciate everything you've done. We appreciate every single message you sent, every inbox you sent, the donations you sent. We so much appreciate the running community. Just real briefly, some of the messages we get from, to be honest, a lot of women around the world who said that they've been running somewhere, you know, be it a park or, you know, in California, you know, on the side of the mountain, and they felt uncomfortable before. And they said they felt the uneasiness that everybody saw in May from the film in February. They felt that before. They felt being vulnerable, running, doing something they love and somebody coming up to interrupt their life. And so they can relate to that. So man, just big shout out to the running community. They have been with the 223 Foundation since day one. Just big shout out. And just speaking of day one, like Demetrius said, who, when we lost Ahmad, when, when Ahmad was murdered, whew, I remember telling my wife, something about this isn't right. They said, you know, he got killed breaking into a home. And I told my wife, I said, something about that's not right. 
I know mine. So that, that just doesn't sit right to me. Something about that's not right. And it was printed by a no local newspaper and we've been calling them out ever since on different stories they tried to print since then. But that story I knew wasn't right. And so they printed up another story at the end of March. And when I read the story again, it was even more insulting than the first story. And they tried to make Mod seem like this villain. They tried to seem, make him seem like a criminal. Oftentimes when black and brown people are killed, they somehow become the number one suspect in their own murder. Mm -hmm. And that's what our newspaper was doing. And so I sent the article to my brother and I said, read this and tell me what you think. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm a football coach and a history teacher. You know, I I I I was, you know, and I love Mod. So I'm like, maybe, maybe a fresh pair of eyes can look at this and see what they think. And so my brother read it and he called me back within like 10 minutes and was like, Vaughn, did you read this? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, what you think? He was like, bro, they are trying to get away with murdering this man. I said, that's what I thought, you know, but I didn't think they'll put it in the newspaper that bold. He was like, Yes, and they did it. They put it in the newspaper just that bold. He said, look at the, the, the terms that they're using. You know, they, they're saying that, you know, there was in the heat of the moment. It was adrenaline rushing and pumping and everything else. He was like, those are police terms. They was like, they even called him a suspect. They're civilians. They can't label him a suspect. And, and, and then what crime? And he was like, they're using all that word, all that verbiage so that these men can get away with murder. And my brother just started literally running through the um at that time Greg McMichael's interview with the police that that was that was printed in the paper and I stopped my brother I said man hold up hold up wait 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 if me you know what I'm saying with all my degrees don't understand this I know our community has no clue what's going on and that's when my brother said hey all right so I'm gonna do a Facebook live and I'm gonna break everything down and I was like yes just tell me what time I'm gonna be there I'm tuning in go get them and he was like all right cool and you're gonna be on it and I was like what <laughs> I was like, man, you know, I'm the, I'm the coach. I'm the history teacher. I don't I don't do all that. He was like, nah, bro, you got to be on. He was like, you got to tell other people who don't know Mod who Mod was. You got to carry on his legacy. And so, like, I was like, man, like, okay, the pressure's on. But you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to do this for Mod. You know, I never did a Facebook Live before. I mean, I, I, mean, I was like, I'm going to do it for Mod. So we get on the Facebook Live. And so that's when my brother asked me to tell everybody the last time I seen Mod, and the last time I seen Mod, he was doing what he loved. He was jogging my um, neighborhood because me and Mod live in the same community. We're less than five miles away from each other, so he was, he was jogging in the community. And early in the morning, before a football game, to just kind of get my mind right, I go out and I do like a big man jog, you know, not <laughs> not not like a runner, you know. What I'm <laughs> nah, we all runners, bro. You a runner? Nah, it take me fifteen minutes to get that mile in. I I, I know my limitations. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I do it because, I mean, you're a runner and you know yeah. how running just like help focus your mind, like running just like it peels back layers of stress and like life is great. So I'm out there before a game and I'm just jogging my neighborhood and I see Mott and me and Mott joke back a whole lot because like Mott, Mott was just a joke. So he was quiet. So you will never expect it from him, man. But he was a jokester, man. Even in high school, like my, my room was on the on the lunchroom hallway. And so, you know, everybody would come down the hall and I would always have to tell people to kind of keep moving because they was going to lunch, but they'll make other people late. 
So I have to tell people, hey, man, y'all keep moving. Go, 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 go. Don't get my students started. Keep going, keep going. And so Ma loved to impersonate everybody. And, you know, I wasn't no exception. I'm this big guy, you know what I'm saying, six foot over 300 pounds. Like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Ma, I mean, he just he was a jokester. So Ma, he, he'll, he'll stand right beside me, kind of lean on the wall. And I kind of look at him. As soon as I look at him, it's like it's it just activating. He was like, all right, all right, y'all go to class. I'm Coach Vaughn. Go, go, go. Keep moving. Don't be tardy. Don't be tardy. You know what I'm saying? That's just the kind of guy he was. So when I see my guy jogging that morning, I'm like, oh, shoot, that's mine. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take off full speed so I can catch up with mine and be like, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. and just kind of get that smile from him, you know, and uh, just just kind of laugh with him. You know, as a, a as a former coach, we love running into our football players. It's a love that never dies. It's a love that never goes away. I think a couple of months ago, I put on my middle Tennessee hat on Demetrius that time. We drove all the way up to Tennessee just to see him, you know, but but that's just the kind of love you have for your player. It's a part of your heart that, that, that you'll always carry. So I see my guy running and I take off full speed. Well, as mine start to go around the corner, oh, man, he was out. <laughs> like mine was the answer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I realized his strides was faster than my stride. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I'm the old football coach. and But I was so tired from running that I, I even had to start walking, which usually, you know, I tried I was done. I was winded. I started walking, and my just kind of kept going and fading away. And I was just laughing to myself like, you know, you know, that's my. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just my. And um, I remember getting tired that day. And I told my brother about how fatigued and tired I felt. You know, how, like, I got out of routine, so I sprinted, so I was tired. But Ma never got tired. Ma just had endurance. And so I said to my brother that day, I said, man, as we fight to get justice for Ma, I won't get tired. I, I won't tap out. I won't walk. I'm going to keep going. You know, it's not by my strength. I run with Ma. I run with my strength. I run with my endurance. You know, I, I carry on along with the co-founders of 223, his story. You know, we won't get tired. I run with Mod. And the day I said I run with Mod, we hashtag it, and it took off through our community. We then set up a Facebook page. I run with my Facebook page. And just people in our community just kept joining it, kept joining it. And what we were saying to people, here's a time when you don't get to sit on the sideline. This happened right here in Brunswick, Georgia, literally in front of our doorstep, in our community. You, you don't get to sit on the side. You don't, you don't get to remain silent now. Now's the time to speak. Now's the time to say something. And so we didn't just do a Facebook Live. Anytime 223 Foundation do anything, um, and it's a fairly new foundation, yeah. You know, I tell people, man, God must have a sense of humor to put together a lawyer who's now a preacher. John Richards, my brother, Demetrius Frazier, Mott's cousin, you know, my former my former player on the team that, you know, me and him had had a lot of contact in years other, you know, than seeing each other. Hey, and bye. And then a football coach slash history teacher, you know, for God to put that together and say, you know what? Y'all going to create change. Man, I would have told everybody, man, get on somewhere. But he did, man, and it's just awesome that we came together. And so John gave our community four things to do. He said, we got to create change, and here's how we're going to do it. First thing we're going to do is we're going to call and we're going to email the DA until they can't take any more phone calls, until they can't take any more emails. 
you're not going to work on anything else if it's not a related to Ahmad Aubrey. Mm-hmm. So the community showed out. We called up there and emailed so much, we shut it down. Uh, I even met, by the time I made my call, we told everybody to start 8 o'clock in the morning. I made my call around 8.15, and they called, they answered the phone with their attitude. Hello, yes, we know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you do. <laughs> I'm glad you do, because we're going to be on you. And so we did that with the DA. The second step that John mentioned that uh, told the community to do was to request a police report. And so Samantha uh, Gilder, who's part of the 223 Foundation, she put together a letter. And so all you had to do was email out the letter. We made it as easy as possible to, for people as we could. And they got over 100 requests in one day, like flooded their box. And so now you know that the whole community is paying attention. DA, you know that we're coming. You know what I'm saying? You, you know that we're paying attention because we're calling and emailing you. Lynn County Police, you know we're paying attention because you're getting all these requests for this police report. And then the third step was to pressure our commissioners because your commissioners are actually over the police department. And those are our elected officials. You know, it's time for you to represent our community and keep our community protected and safe. Well, it's not safe. You got three murderers who are going to the same grocery store I go to, going to the same car parts store, you know, uh, picking up grass seed. You know, you got these guys who murdered somebody in our community. So we got to pressure we got to pressure the commissioner. So you pressure the DA, you pressure the police, you pressure the commissioners. And step four was to try to get it to get national attention, shared as much as possible. And brother, we had to do all this while pandemic going on. Yeah. So like the pandemic is the biggest news. So luckily, Demetrius Frazier was able to reach out to one of his cousins who was in, then able to reach out to the New York Times. And the author from the New York, New York Times said, uh, man, I'm going to come down. He said, is that important for me? I'm going to come down and I'm going to investigate what's going on. And brother, when he started to investigate stuff that we just thought was normal, he was like, none of this is right. None of this is normal. He said, you know that your former police chief is under investigation by the GBI for his drug task force and all the illegal stuff they did. I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, that's not big news. I'm like, well, you know, it just kind of happened. He was like, the GBI just kind of investigate your chief? I'm like, yeah. I mean, he was like, no. (laughs) And then he started bringing up other instances and other things. And I'm like, man, like, yeah, like, that's that's just stuff we took for the norm. He was like, no, there's a ton of corruption down there. He was like, you know that your DA has run unopposed for 24 years. I was like, wow, no clue. And so all of this happened in April, and this is before the video came out. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the video dropped. Wow. Um, but there were people on before the video dropped. Uh, I will always shout out the King family. Oh, my goodness. Um, before the video even dropped, before it, it got big national attention, man, Bernice King tweeted out, I run with mine. And that was just that, that, was that cool sip of water I needed on the marathon. I, I knew things were going to go right when I, when I seen it. I was like, okay, sister. I, I, okay, mother, I see you. I see you. We're going to keep going. I needed that encouragement. And then on May, May the 5th, video comes out. And um, that's when the world seen it. That's when the world seen what we already knew. And 
Oh, man. Was it, can I ask you, did you see the video at the same time that the world saw the video? Or did you get to see it and have it um, presented to you before it was shared publicly? Here's the thing about evil people, man. They just do evil stuff. So the video, all the police officers, well, I won't say all, there were 13 police officers on the scene. And Roddy, one of the men, you know, the, the man who actually recorded the video of my being killed, he was showing the police officers the video. So the police seen the video and didn't make an arrest. I, I just want to throw that out there. And so as the McMichaels and Roddy seen that the 223 Foundation was about to get a, a you know, about to like cause pressure for a trial to actually be started. Evil people do evil stuff, man. And one of the, well, a man, Alan Tucker, who was going to be a lawyer, just absolute corrupt man, just, just with a lot of different cases. And so he was going to be one of the lawyers um, for the defendant. He, uh, he shared the video to be released. He didn't tell the family. He didn't want the community, just nothing. He just literally threw that video out there without any loved ones being warned, man. And I got the video while I was at school grading papers. Um, Sam told me it was a video out there. I clicked on the link and I watched it way too many times. Um, but I said, I need to see it because I know that people will still try to justify what was ha what happened. And so I watched it five times to be exact. I know the exact number of times I've watched it. Um, I slowed it down. I watched it because I said, as soon as I watch this video, I'm never going to watch it again. Um, I then contacted one of the family lawyers and told them that the video was out there. He was like, what? I was like, yes, <laughs> because he didn't know. He was like, all right, well, let me contact the family and let them know so they won't watch it, so they won't see it. So I seen, I was one of the first people, yes, to see the video because I, I found out about it as soon as it was released. Um, but it was thrown into our community without any warning. And people don't understand how dangerous that is. I coach kids. Some of them kids are related to Mod. And if they're not, they relate to Mod. A football player from Brunswick, Georgia, running their community. I can't tell you how many of our football players run for exercise. And so for somebody to just throw that out in the community without even thinking about the kids, I was like, man, and we, and you know, the, we wasn't in, we wasn't face to face. It was a pandemic going on. So you're dealing with kids that are already depressed out of school. And now you just throw this video of a young African-American man who they can all relate to that, that some knew of being murdered. That, that, that was, that was just straight evilness. That was just straight evilness. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I was one of the first people to see the video um, because people just came to us so quickly with information. And luckily for us, we were able to stop family members who shouldn't see the video from seeing the video, man, because it, it affected me. And, I, you know, I was the coach. I didn't sleep that night. I tell people all the time, I got a nest on my wall. I paced that living room all night long and couldn't sleep. I seen it go to 11, to 1130, to 12, to 1, to 3 to five o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep every time I closed my eyes, I, I could hear stuff that I didn't want to hear. I could see stuff that I did not want to see. I was a grown man at six o'clock in the morning on the phone with my mother just to hear her voice while I weep.
And that's how much it broke me down. And that's just me as a coach. That's just me as a coach. I mean, Demetrius is Maude's cousin. You know, Demetrius, with you a year apart from Maude? Bro, that was... I don't don't like hearing it. I don't like talking about it. Yeah. No, we don't don't have to talk about it. No, I mean, I'm saying it's just... I think it was more so for... Like, angry. People have been mad before, but, like, I ain't never been this mad to where Mm. I just... uh, like even now, bro. To this day, bro, I'm still I'm mad, bro. Yeah. yeah I go over to you, should be. you know I go over to Mars' dad house all the time. You don't want that pain, bro. You'll never understand that pain. You know what I'm saying? Like I here, like he'll tell you, like I've already gave myself to God. Like if I can just get my hands on him, I will kill him. And it just hit different. It's tough. Yeah. I watched the video at one time. It was sent out. I have not watched it again. And I want to watch it again. But they ain't, that's not how I want to remember him. I think the toughest part for me was not only the video, but I think we got some preliminary hand and you hearing all that that was said. Yeah. 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 And I think early this year finding out the fact that uh, he was still breathing. Like, bro, that hit different. I always ask myself why I wasn't there. For example, like, you know, I got to go to the daddy house, right? Like, since we were little, bro, we always was taught to look out for one another. You know what I'm saying? So I got to live, bro. Mm-hmm. I got to I gotta wake up every day, go to work, get my own son. I literally got to deal with that. Like, I'm like, damn, bro, I ain't do what I supposed to do. It's unexplainable, bro. I deal with it. I try to, I try to pray about it. I had to, I had to teach myself to be more like, even I have gotten impatient with my own kids. Like, I'm not, I'm more snappy. Like, I'm not sweet daddy no more. I'm not more loving. I'm like, it's all angry, bro. I'm like, damn, like, I gotta talk to somebody, bro. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a game. You know what I'm saying? And then seeing people that really think that that it's okay, bro. This it's not okay. And seeing teachers like Coach Vaughn put his job on the line, put his damn near his life on the line. To try to this is real shit. This is real to, life. To try to, to try to help, you know, like and speak up, bro. And I have teachers, bro, that sit in class with me and and talk to my both of us in the class together. That won't say one thing. They get on there mm-hmm. Facebook and wish a happy birthday, but you, if you don't want to say anything, like at least share the action item. You know what I'm saying? Because it may mm-hmm. be something right. that follows you that really take heed to the story, bro, and want what's best for us, bro. Like, but mm-hmm. they don't care. I've literally lost. Yeah. I've stopped talking to them. <laughs> teachers. Mm-hmm. Coaches, I'm talking from elementary all the way up to high school, bro, to college. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I've cut off. I've changed my number multiple times. Like, I don't want to talk to you, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of, like, I'm tired of being angry. Yeah. I'm not going to stop being mad. And I think that's what made me, you know, I think my, me, how I think about it is like, what would Mar do in this situation? How much would he fight for me? And also, mm-hmm. what would he try to do to allow this to not happen again, bro? And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, Going, bro, and then my kids, and was, my family. I don't, I don't yeah. my son, bro. Like and I, that was the key. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough, bro. And I used to, mm-hmm. me personally, yeah. like, and that, I used to run all the time. Stop. Like I cycle a lot now, and I used to run with my son. Like I go run, and he'll ride his bike. So I'm like, damn, what if something happen? Like, what daddy gonna do if somebody do something to you? Like somebody do something to me. 
you stop running. Yeah, like my son, my brother, my son is six years old, he'll be seven Thursday. And like, he walk around the house. And like, I got bought stuff up in the in the in the in the room, like, you know, stuff that families gave us, bro. He did say something like people come over. My girl, you know, her her nieces, I niece and nephew come over here, she'd be like, yeah, that's mine. Like the people shot up. Bro, bro, what's that? Bro, it's tough, bro. Like, how the, how the hell am I supposed to explain it to my six-year-old son? Mm. You know what I'm like, then I got to go. I go over to Pop's house, and I'm looking at Marcus like, bro, toughest man I know, bro. But, bro, he hurt him, bro. Like, like my auntie tell me, Mauricio, say, me, he like, he's up five in the morning in your heart, like, begging, asking God, wow. Like, I'm like, bro, what? Like, what can we do in this matter, bro? People do not understand. And I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna tell you, I hold that tears, bro. Bro, this shit hurt, bro. Like, I'm talking about, I push every day, bro, but it's tough. I'm angry. Like, my relationship with my girl, first, she has my back since day one, bro. But, bro, I promise you, if I, if anybody, other body would ever live, bro, and I ain't, I ain't doing it to hurt him or be mean to him, bro. I'm just not the same dude, bro. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, talking about it a lot. But at the same time, it, it needs to be said. You feel me? They need to feel that pain to understand, bro. I've watched the video once. I've it watched does, it again. Um, preliminary hearing and all the hearings that they have as far as bond hearing stuff, I hate hearing it because it's stuff that the content that's involved. Then I've seen it, they like, damn, this ain't even it. They telling us what they want us to know now. It's stuff that we mm-hmm. want to hear that we really probably don't want to hear. It's just mm-hmm. understanding the details, bro, like how long he was running for his life, bro. Like, the fact that they think that shit was okay, just don't that just it's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's tough, bro, but we pushing. Like we're gonna get through this, bro. And I'm gonna do until my heart start beating, bro. I'm gonna continue to run. Mm-hmm. Make sure his name lives on forever. Coach Warren would do the same, bro. And like I'll have my family back by any means necessary. And bro, we gonna fight, bro, for this city, for my and when this is over and done, we still gonna continue to try to build up, you know. Leaders in this community, and that's the biggest thing for us as far as the yeah. run, fundraising stuff we're doing. We're all about building this community up, not even just this community, bro. Anywhere we can provide scholarships mm-hmm. to kids, bro, to become the political figures that we have here. I'm talking to uh, like commissioners, lawyers, like whatever, but police officers, we need more. Like, we need better people, bro. And we want to build up those people in this community to not only, to not only you know, teach their youth to do the same thing that then when they get older, but but, but say the example. Like I'm trying to set an example. I'm a college athlete, bro. I love football. My dream is to go to NFL. That hurt. Like senior. I I never thought I would come back home to this. I'm a single father. You know, I'm, I have custody of my son, so that's important to me. So imagine how I'm thinking, like, damn, I don't want things on this happen to me. And I know the time that Mark spent with, with Mars, I was with him mm. many times, bro, from since we were little. So I know the time that He's put in his spit on it, so I know the pain he's feeling. So, like, for me, it's like, man, what can I do to help this not happen again? And, like, I got to keep pushing. I got to find a purpose. My kids, my purpose. My family, my purpose. Coach Vaughn, my purpose. Like, this man, he stepped out on a limb, bro. Teachers do, do not like this. They don't. Yeah. And I can, I would speak up any day and tell them, like, the trifling, bro. It's, it's been, I'm, I hate to say this, bro. It's people that got the same, same pigment as us. Won't say it worked. No, it be, it be your own people. It, you know what I'm not saying? Not all skin folk is kin folk, bro. Not all skin folk mm-hmm. is kin folk. And you learn that in, in situations like this. And it's and it's it's important to talk about it, right? Like 
for me, this year, like recently, is when this shit all hit me, and I started. I, I had a I had an interview like I had an interview like this when I was talking about the work that we're doing with running and social justice, and I got into talking about how last year went and how you know the video of Mod came out, and for me, I had been at the forefront of social justice between 2012 and 2016 so you know when Trayvon Martin was murdered to when Donald Trump got into office I was you know I was front lines sharing the videos talking about it like really putting up a fight for everything so then 2016 to 2020 I really just shut down where I didn't watch any videos of any of the murders I didn't talk about it you know I obviously shared and but I had to really have to protect my mental and so all of last year, like when when Ahmad when Ahmad was killed, I didn't watch the video, and I did I, as black men in this country, like I had to protect myself and not watch the video or even, and I and this was what really hurt me this year in talking about it was, I didn't let it affect me. I didn't let it affect me, and then, it happened again. George Floyd, I did not let it affect me. I just I had to be like. I've been down that road and I know how I can get. So I need to protect myself and my mental. And then what really hurt was that I saw Amy Cooper call the cops on the black bird watcher. And for some reason, that shit set me off because I knew so many white liberal women that were in her. And so then I'm telling this story to this reporter or to this program this year. And I get to the point where I'm saying like, what set me off was the white woman calling the cops. And I just broke down. Started crying because I was like, my people being murdered didn't hurt me. Like, I, that, didn't, that didn't make, you know, that, that wasn't what took the action for me to take action. It was watching this liberal white woman call the cops. And I saw that it was because I knew so many people like her. And I knew so many people who did that. And I knew so many people that I knew that would get away with it. And so for me, it was like, did I not do my job in like calling these people out throughout my life? Because I went to I went to white liberal schools from high school to in college. Like I'm from I'm, you know, I'm from the inner city from the hood in in Boston, but I left and went to boarding school. So then I started meeting these people that were her, and so like it hit me that I had a hand in letting people get away with shit like that for a long time, and so like it hit me like that. I wasn't letting my people being killed affect me as much as like someone calling the cops. And so like, I'm dealing with it now and we need to talk about it more because once we hold it inside, the shit just comes out randomly. Right. And, like, and you want any, and the thing is just, about you is like, man, there's people out here like you that w will admit that, you know what I'm saying? But then you have a lot of people who won't admit that at all. You, you willing to speak up like, man, I, this did not, affect, I didn't let it affect me. And like, sometimes, and the truth is, you sometimes you gotta let it affect you to really feel it and understand it. You know what I'm saying? To speak on it, and like that's what you did, and I respect you for that, bro. It, it, there's people that literally to this day are trying to act like it didn't happen until it hit home. I guess you know if it happens to them, somebody close to them may they may get it. Well, that's the last thing I've thought. Like I'm out here, I'm like, bro, this is not just happening to my family in Georgia, Georgia. Like I've seen right. it in many places, but I'm like, bro, this is not possible. Like what? Like, it's not possible. Yes, it's possible. Yeah, it still don't feel real. It don't, it don't feel real. And people don't understand, man. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm the teacher of the bunch. People don't understand that PTSD is very real. And the access that our kids have to the internet and to these videos are real. 
And as adults argue and bicker back and forth about what they've seen on video, these kids know what they've seen. And they internalize it and it hurts them. And I know that it does because when we have different projects going on, I even had a student come up with me about a science project. There's a lot of kids doing projects about mod at our school. The kids are actually speaking up more than some of the students. We had, I mean, we, we had some teachers that, that spoke up, um, some teachers that come to rallies, but just not a, a collective effort. But the kids, that, that, that's, my, that's always my, my main concern, my main focus. The kids are now speaking up. They're doing forensic um, projects, and they're coming up to me like, Coach Vaughn, here's the outline for my forensic project. How can I talk about mod? I'm like, all right, cool. X, Y, and Z, this is what you can do. We got, you know, kids coming up, got a history project. Coach Vaughn, you know, it's, it's, it's Black History Month. All right, we got to pick a famous black person from history. How can I talk about mod? I'm like, boom, let me see that criteria. Boom, 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 boom. These kids are yeah. speaking up, man, because PTSD is real. And to see black bodies murdered on camera, there is part of you that is going to be touched by it. And like you said, you don't know when it's going to come out. But it's part of you that's going to be touched by. You know, I'm from the generation where I seen the Rodney King beating. And, you know, Trayvon Martin, literally right down the road from us. Trayvon Martin is a three-hour drive from Brunswick, Georgia. And so when Trayvon Martin was murdered, Man, I almost went through a whole blot list on my social media. I'm like, okay, I can no longer talk to this person ever again because I'm never going to forget what they said. We are hurting right now. Right. You know, Trayvon Martin was, in my mind, my nephew, my cousin, you know, a kid that I coach. We are hurting right now. You can't justify men running around with guns running people down, shooting, and killing them. You cannot justify that. And that's the simple story. And so, like, like, like you said, Sydney, I had, to, I had to protect me. I just had to start blocking people. There, there are teachers who I would just say hey and bye to, and that's all the conversation we're going to have. That's it. They're like, oh, cool, fine. You know, I heard you on NPR already. Oh, okay, thanks. And I keep going because I know your heart. You witness people die. And you have no empathy. You, you have no concern. You justify what the murderer did. And so, man, just to keep my sanity, I've been blocking people left and right. And there's probably a few more, to be honest, I need to block. <laughs> but, brother, it hurts when you got to go through this pain and feel helpless. And so with the 223 Foundation, man, we no longer want it to be helpless. Mm -hmm. Let me before you go over there. Can let me? I'm gonna just I'm gonna say that I, I forget who said it. If it was uh, Demetrius or, or, or Coach that said that you guys were the catalyst for how the rest of the year went and how we as a country, as Black people, as people who were who were fighting for Black lives, started to attack the system. Right? Mm -hmm. You you set up the process for reaching out to the DAs and putting pressure on the DAs. Mm -hmm. That was a process you guys created that you saw happen in the Breonna Taylor case. In a George Floyd case, these are letters that are written, pre-written that you can send to someone that you can just press a button and send. That's like that. You guys created the system that has been replicated multiple times. So I wanted to, to just shout that out before you went to 
kind of what you're doing with the two two three. And brother, I'm I'm so humble by that. Like I said, man, you you look at you look at what was put together to cause action. I'm a history teacher. And let me let me say this. In history, this doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. There, there I, I can point to no historical case in which a person of color is murdered and the murderers are not immediately arrested and they are allowed to, you know, get away with it. It, it just doesn't, it does not happen in America. So we were trying to do something and that, that has never happened in the history of our country to hold people accountable for murder when they are used to getting away with it in the most literal sense. And so, yeah, we create, you know, John, myself, our, you know, the 223 Foundation, we put together the process and we threw it out there to share it with everybody. Like, hey, let's do this. And, you know, you're absolutely right. A lot of people never talked about DA Talk um, until the 223 Foundation. And I absolutely love that it happened. You know, um, I know me, Demetrius and John, you know, I know we're humbled by it. And I love that it happened. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. You know, take my lesson plan. Take it. <laughs> take it. It was so natural, bro. We, we, man, we spent, I'm talking about, bro, we was up late. I'm, I go to work at like 6 in the morning. We up like 5. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about sleeping. Like, it's no time to sleep. We got to do what we got to do. Yeah. And like, just looking back at it now, like embracing that process, it's still like, man, that's, that is, that's nothing. We still got so much more work to do. That's how we look at it. Mm. You know, like we're not, trying to take credit for um, and it's many people that came on along after us locally mm -hmm. or even in the state of georgia that wanted to just come take credit we like bro you worried about credit we worried about a black life being taken we're trying to get thank you you know what i'm saying thank so like you. everything we did bro was so natural bro from the heart and like it was just a grind for us you know and it wasn't yeah. a job bro. it was like this is something we want to do this is something we we did it like from passion because who, who, who he meant to us what our city means to us, you know what I'm saying? So, and to see people try to take advantage of it or try to profit off of it, just, hey, yeah, we, you know, we did this, we were there from the beginning. Like, that don't matter. If you were there, you don't have to say you were there from the beginning. Yeah. Any interview we ever did or talked about or anything, bro, you never heard us say, or even praise ourselves in any type of manner. We always talk about the work mm -hmm. to try to spread that word into, because it's so much, it's so many other places in this world or, I mean, the United States that, the same situation has happened, but they didn't know what to do. So, so under the road. Yeah. So we're like, man, mm -hmm. we can change one life, bro. We can save one mm -hmm. life or make one change, bro. We'll be satisfied, bro. I can I would die today knowing that I changed one life, bro. Or gave them a vision or gave them an actual plan, bro. I I wanna write a book about this. Like so they can really go pick up a book if they're going through the same situation and be able to know the step they need to take to get this for their family member, friend, or whoever whomever, whomever. So Yeah. It's crazy, bro. Like, it's and then you're talking about South Georgia, too. You're talking about South Georgia. You're talking about intelligent, college-educated. I mean, you know, if you're intelligent, you're intelligent. But you're talking about brothers with college degrees at my house till 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, I got snacks out, got the waters out. We sitting here eating snacks and waters, and we coming up with plans like, all right, it's a pandemic. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. All right, well, we need to find a picture of this commissioner. We need to drop his, you know, we need to drop his telephone number. I'm, I mean, when I say that grind, like, like they leaving my house 4 o'clock in the morning. 
and, and that's that's a good night for us. Like we were, we've been grinding so hard that we hadn't we hadn't got the chance to kind of pat ourselves on the back yet. You know, the the, the marathon continues. We're we're runners. You know, we're we're going and going and going. But at the same time, we're leaving this blueprint for others to be able to do the same. And we love we would love to help others to do the same, man. But we just on that run right now, man. Where we just yeah. we're, we're we're constantly, constantly, constantly working because. In a corrupt system, man, they will make corruption look like law. And that's what they tried to do. These guys, for 74 days, 73 nights, were not arrested. They were not arrested. They were not arrested. They weren't even arrested by the, the by our county police. The GBI came in after the video was posted. And within three days of an investigation, the GBI immediately made arrests. They just make corruption look common and make it seem like law. The world seen that video. And we had a local coach, Coach Q, handles like all the youth running programs and all the kids and everything else. So like I said, the kids were hurting. So Coach Q said, Vaughn, man, let's have everybody run 2.23 miles and dedicate a 2.23 mile run to Mod because he lost his life on February the 23rd. I said, all right, brother, you know, I'm going to take it to, I'm going to take it to, I'm going to take it to the committee, you know, because I'll make the final decision see what everybody say. And so I dropped it in the group text and immediately everybody was like, yeah, we're doing this. It was like, so when we're going to do it? It was like Ma's birthday, May the 8th. Video drops May the 5th and May the 8th is his birthday. So we literally pumped it. At, at the time, the Facebook page was called I Run With Mod. So we just pumped it out on I Run With Mod. And brother, when I say that the running community showed up and showed out, and that's why we love the running community so much, uh, Runner's World um, did an interview with us um, right before the run so they can post about, you know, getting everybody to do this virtual global run. And so they did, so we did the interview. So the run was on the 8th and it was just a hurting day for all of us because we did, you know, we did something for Mod in the community. We had thousands of people show up to an area right near the ocean. Just just a great, a great spot, just a peaceful spot. And we had thousands of people show up. We did our first Facebook Live to, you know, invite people in, man. And over half a million people have watched that video for Mod's birthday. And on that day, you know, we allowed the family to speak and everything else. After that run. You know, we're still coming up with ways to draw attention to make sure that these guys don't make bail, you know, to make sure they don't get out of jail. And Runner World hit me back. He was like, hey, Coach Vaughn, did you see the statistics from y'all virtual run? And I was like, nah, I hadn't seen it. You know, not telling him I don't know how to see it. You know, <laughs> I'm new yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. I'm a football coach history teacher. Like, nah, nah, I hadn't seen it. You seen it? He's like, yeah, yeah, I got it for you. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Go ahead and share it with me before I have to go find it. He was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Not knowing, I, I, I didn't know how to gather the data, but no, I'm sorry, Coach Q gathered the data, the local runner, the local running coach. And so he went and got the data. And so he did an analysis of five different social media platforms. And when he did his analysis of five different social media platforms, he found out that over 100,000 people participated on that day in the run for mod. And I run with mod was tweeted out literally across the globe. And so he listed all the countries I Run With Mod was tweeted out on Mod's birthday. So the hashtag I Run With Mod on that one day reached 
800 million people. I'm talking about places that Americans really can't go. North Korea, you know, Russia, places where your average American can't go. I mean, the hypocrisy in those kind of countries is that they're quick to point out the hypocrisy in America. So I, I didn't think about it until it happened. I was like, why would North Korea? Oh, that's why North Korea would do it. Yeah, yeah. they calling America out on their own thing, you know. Yeah, y'all free? Well, well, hey, you know, if y'all free, then how does this happen? And so it was literally all, all of Africa, South America, North America, everybody was just lit up. And so I was able to show share those facts with the family, man. And it, it just felt good to see the family be able to smile, knowing that through this virtual global run, that runners around the world, runners around the world were supporting this cause right here in Little Brunswick, Georgia. So the 223 Foundation, man, we was literally smiling from ear to ear, knowing that we got that type of support from the run community, man. That's why I say I will forever love the run community, man, because they they show major love. I'm talking about major marathon runners putting together videos, NFL players, NBA players. Oprah Winfrey did the 2.23 mile and posted it to her social media and said Ma's name. I mean, it literally took off, man. And so support just came from everywhere which was great because we've been putting in so many hours at night. Oh, you know, I was in everybody inbox like, bam, this is what happened. I'm his coach. Talk to me. Bam. This is what happened to my guy. I'm his coach. Please post it to his social media. Talk to me. And so like that day when we see those runners show out and those runners really support one of their own from their community, man, that was just, it, it was just awesome. It was just awesome. It was just that another cool sip of water for us to keep going, brother. But man, runners showed out, man, and and definitely, 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 definitely supported the calls from day one and continue to do so. You know, we're doing another virtual run. You can sign up on 223foundation.org, 223foundation.org. Please sign up for this run. The cost is $23 for the run. And Every last dime goes to scholarships. Every single dime of that $23 goes to scholarships. So on 223foundation.org, we partnered with Elite Feet, who do a lot of running events in the Strava app. And so you go to 223foundation.org, click on the link to sign up for the, you know, this virtual run we got going. For mod is $23. And we even send you a 223 Foundation racing bib if you sign up early in the I already got mine. Oh, you got yours? I already got mine. I wish I wish I had it with me. It's sitting in my kitchen right now. <laughs> okay. I wanted to show it. Yeah, okay. my, my running team, we got I already created my running team. My running team signing up. So we're we ready to do it, man. Oh, yeah, yeah we're ready. We, we've been put, pumping it for about a couple weeks now. Yeah, yeah, brother, we are running to create difference, man. We're running towards the future because what people don't realize. Once you release, and you say you're from inner city Boston, yeah, you know, but you had the opportunity to go to boarding school. Once you release that financial burden for some of these geniuses from low income families, once you release right. that financial burden from, from some of these extremely intelligent minds, brother, we got so much more that they will be able to pour into this country. 
You know, we got people who are judges at almost 90 years old. And I'm not talking about Supreme Court. I'm talking about local judges that 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 probably should have retired by now. And <laughs> so, man, once we get a scholarship, these guys and create these new judges, create these new police chiefs, create these new DAs, man, we usher in a brand new America, one of love. Man, you got to think about it. even the Constitution before the other states agreed to even ratify, sign the Constitution. They asked for the amendments. Right. So we just want America to amend themselves to us. Let us in. Create that change. Let us in. And, and creating the change. You're creating the change you want to see. You, you know, that's what we have to do, though, in this country. Right. Like. We, we can't just sit around and let someone else do it for us because yeah. it'll never get done. Yeah. It'll never get done the right way. That's what my one of my best friends just said, man, uh, while we was going through all this. And I love him because he's been there since day one. He's been doing all the emails, all the phone calls. He even came down for a march all the way from Brunswick, Georgia. Um, two of my friends did, so I love him from the beginning. But we get tired. And so one night we was just kind of like shooting the breeze. And he was like, man, I'm tired of marching for what other people just kind of get off the rip. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I'm so tired of fighting for what other people just have. I mean, the ability to run free in a free country. And we got to fight for that. I was like, man, you know, I had to give him the words like to encourage him. Like, man, we just got to keep fighting so that our kids don't have to fight. We got to keep fighting so that this those kind of conversations can go away. But I felt them, man. It is. It, that's one of the most difficult things. Fighting for something in which other people were born into and can freely do. And, and I'm always going to quote MLK, and you know, and I'm going to paraphrase him. But one of the things he said, he said, I'm not worried about the words of my enemy. I'm worried about the silence of my friends. And see, evil things are allowed to happen. When good people say nothing. And America's been quiet so long. We have let hateful people literally take up torches. In the most literal sense, take up torches and do evil things. And sat back and said nothing. And so evil people continued on. Evil people stormed our Capitol building. And we, and we created a normalcy around it. And held yeah, no, that's... and not held the leader accountable. The most sacred place. You know, one of the most sacred places in DC, where literally all our leaders were at at once. And there's no strong accountability, brother. You know, we gotta create that change. We absolutely do, man. We do. And that's why I love what you guys are doing through the two two three foundation. Because you're starting with the youth, you're getting the money, right? Like mm -hmm. something happened. We're, we're organizing around that. We're mm -hmm. taking that money and we're using it at a level where we're going to be able to create change because we're starting with the youth mm -hmm. and we're going to put them, like you said, we're going to put them, we're going to get them to a level where they can then be the judges and be the lawyers and be the police chiefs. Because, you know, without that, without having a plan to fight the injustices at almost every level, mm -hmm. there's, we, you know, we, we're going to get stifled. So it's important. It's important what you guys are doing. Yes. And, and, um, and so I commend that. And, and I'm happy that you guys are, are building this movement. Mm -hmm. And although you're not runners, you're leveraging 
where you see the help coming from because the running community, you know, I'm a part of the running community. Yeah. I have a running team. And so we are going to be behind this. Awesome. And because there's a problem in running, right? There's, the reason why I have a running team is because when I started running, I was the only black person or one of a few black people. And I was mm -hmm. like, nah, man, we got to bring more. We got to normalize this. Mm -hmm. We have to normalize running in our communities. And it's not running away from the cops, running to, you know, towards or away from danger to hurt somebody. Like we need our kids, black and brown kids need to get up in the morning on a Saturday and see people running in the street and see mm -hmm. it be normal. Right. And so running has a problem and we're right behind, you know, that's the reason why I do what I do. And, um, and I see the work that you're doing and why I want to amplify it. That's why I want you on the show. And that's why I want to be on IG live with you guys. And that's why I have a team. Mm -hmm. That's why I already have a bib. Good. You know what oh. I mean? Like it's, it's time. Like, yeah. And, and a lot time. of people feel that way, man. And I, I that's in the running community, and I absolutely, once again, love the running community, brother. This is our third virtual run, and all of them have been big. The, the first virtual run was over 100,000 people tw tweeting everywhere. We did a run with DYI, and people from all across the world participated in that run, from Kenya, you know, places, wow. places around the world I've never been before, participated in that run, and they helped to raise funds. And so this is our third virtual run. And we're, we're doing it on the day that Mod lost his life. And our motto for that day is finish the run. Later on that night, the 223 Foundation will be leading the community to walk behind the family, to walk into Satilla Shores, the neighborhood in which Mod lost his life. Um, we're going to walk into that neighborhood, providing masks for the community. Our walk starts at 530, the memorial walk providing masks. Uh, we're also providing the community with candles, with the flameless candles, battery-operated candles. And we're going to walk behind the Aubrey family as they walk into Satilla Shores. And like I've been telling everybody, I want the whole community to continue to show up. And I want when uh, my father turn around or his aunt, uncle, or anybody's family turns around, I want that whole street to be lit up with those candles like it's daytime and to show them that they got support and so we're going to walk with that family to the spot where Maude lost his life. Um, we're then going to allow the family to speak until they feel at peace, at, well, as much as at peace they can, they can feel on that day. And we're going to do something that Maude was not allowed to do. We are going to leave that neighborhood. We are going to finish the run for Maude. And so on the 23rd is when the virtual run officially starts. And it would just be great to know that once again, the running community just shows up for the family and just shows up for change. That, that'd be great. Currently, and we, we, don't, we only been talking about the run for about what, two weeks now, Demetrius? That's me too, love. Yeah, and like, you know, we got almost 800 people signed up for the run already. And so, man, the difference that's going to be created by this foundation is going to be lasting, impactful and it's going to continue through the future because because we're literally invested in the future and that's what we tell everybody on you know on 223 on our facebook page when we go live or on instagram when we go live you know our scholars are not just going to be just the director scholars no our scholars belongs to anybody who supports the 223 foundation anybody when you put that bib on between february 23rd and march 3rd when you put that bib on to run 
you are making a loud statement. You are saying, I get it, I understand, and I'm willing to do the work to create change. So when you put that bib on, that 223 foundation bib, it's something to be worn with pride. Knowing that when others were silent, you said something, you did something about it. So those scholars that you're going to create, you're going to hear the backstory about them. We're going to have mentors set up with those scholars. And we are going to try to put them in the best position to continue to create change. But, you know, if you with 223 Foundation, you get it, you understand, and you're willing to do the work to create change. You get it. You know that there are some hateful people in the world. You know some horrible laws we have out there. Stand your ground. And 223 Foundation, you know, I'm telling you first, we, we're going to be speaking to the governor. And people are like, oh, y'all can't speak to the governor. Well, people said a lot of stuff that we couldn't do, and it's Max, been done. Don't tell me what I can't do. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. You're telling me your limitations, you know. Like, they told us we couldn't march. So, you know, they told us, you know, we put together a, a unity march for June 23rd, because the 23rd, we always do a run for Mott. Uh, for Mott. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, going over the place. But you just brought up June 23rd, I get the football players. We put together a unity march. We put in for a permit to march, and they tell us No. And so the head football coach was like, oh, man, we put together this march. They told us no. And I said to him, I was like, hey, welcome to be an African-American. Like, this is what pretty much what right. they do. And he was like, well, I can't believe it. I was like, yes, this is what we go through. He was like, but it's peaceful. I said, yes, this is what we go through, brother. And he was like, man, this is horrible. I said, now you understand. And so he was like, what are we going to do? I was like, what you mean? Brother, I'm Coach Vaughn. They finna tell me no. We about to march. They better get them police cars ready to block up traffic because we marching. We got kids that are hurting. We ain't got time for them to play politics and decide what they like and don't like and that they don't want to give us a permit because they don't support us because we're pointing out the flaws in their system. No, nah, we're going to march. I'm Coach Vaughn. ain't going to stop us. We went up there. Right. We gave our speeches. And the sheriff contacted the day of and said that he'll make sure that those roads are blocked off for us. So Glen County Police didn't do it, but the sheriff did. And the Brunswick Police showed up. The city police showed up, but they're, they're mostly African-Americans. And so they showed up and they blocked up the street and they made sure that we had the opportunity to march. Brother, we got to we got to continue to speak. We got to continue to speak. And that's and that's one of the messages I'm going to tell everybody who support. When you put that 223 Foundation bib on, know that you're standing on a solid foundation. You get it. You know, there's problems out here. You understand the pain. You have empathy. You understand the pain that that's very real. The hurt. And the third and most important thing, you are willing to create change. My wife told me that phrase. And when she told me that phrase, I said, I'm going to be using it. I'm stealing that from you. I'm going to be using it. I love it. You get it. You understand. And you're willing to do the work to create change. She told me that phrase. And I was like, boom, I'm there. Because the whole time, you know, like Demetrius was saying, his girlfriend support him. You know, Miss Vaughn been there the whole time. She was the one putting together the snacks and everything else. And yeah. so she she's definitely been supporting the movement. And she said that. And I said, that's that that's what I'm gonna speak on. You get it, you understand, and you're willing to do the work to create change. Yeah, sure. To no longer be silent. And so that's why I say just big shout out to the running community. On the 23rd, I want to have over a thousand people registered. I want to be, you know. And I want to be able to tell the family. Like, I will get there. 
Look at look how big this is. You know, we nobody forgot about mine. You know, we're gonna keep going. Nobody forgot about the social justice fight. We're gonna keep going and to let them know that there's still a community behind them. That that'd just be awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you sharing just from the heart, honestly, how, how you're building this and why it's important to you and sharing your instances of, of how, you know, the murder of, of Maude affected you. And, uh, and so I appreciate that. And thank you. Appreciate you having us, bro. Absolutely. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a quick review. This helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. If you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. That wraps up today's show. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode.